I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast with your host, Rod and Karen. Say what's up to everybody, Karen. What's up, everybody? All right. That's how you say it. Um, today's episode is our blackest episode ever. Gonna, <laughs> we blacker than black. I'm going to call it the NAACP NBA Anti-Republican episode. <laughs> so I understand if white people don't make it through this whole episode. How about Blackberry episode? Uh, you know, black, they say, like the phone? Yeah, they say the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what they say. Uh... I kind of want to keep the white people out of this one on purpose, so Aww. I'm sorry, white people. Uh, we'll be back to normal next, next episode. Yeah, next episode, we have our plain vanilla wep- vanilla episode just for you guys. Yeah, Malcolm X died today, and we're memorializing him with this uh, this podcast. <laughs> so this is a date in history that's important to black people, and I guess not that important to white people. I understand. I understand. Uh, Malcolm was kind of a hater to the white people. <laughs> anyway, you ready to get on with today's show? I am. All right. I thought the first thing we talked about was NBA trades mm-hmm. because so many of them were made, and I love the NBA, and I love talking about the players yes, and stuff. Cool. So um, you want to just start breaking them down? For me? Yeah, you read the, okay. you read the names, and the, I'll break the, down the uh, Okay. Um, we're looking at this. like the Nets. The Knicks, I'm sorry. The Knicks get Eddie House, J.R. Jiggins. Giddens. Giddens. <laughs> Jiggins. <laughs> yeah, because he jiggy with it. <laughs> Bill Walker. And the Celtics get Nate Robinson and Marcus Landry. All right. I never heard of uh, Marcus Landry, J.R. Giddens, or Bill Walker. Me so. either. That's Bill probably Walker, why I mispronounced their names. I'm sorry. Bill Walker sounds like a dude that used to play back in the 60s or something. Just that name. <laughs> a weatherman or something. Um, so the main meat of this trade is Eddie House and Nate Robinson. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a wash, except the Celtics, um, they were using Eddie House as a guy who doesn't need a lot of dribbles to shoot the ball. He's he's listed as a point guard, but he really all he does is shoot it. So he's just going to catch the ball and let it go right away. So with Nate Robinson, they get a guy who can shoot, mm-hmm. but he like he has to have a ball in his hand. He has to dribble. Sometimes he stagnates the offense, and he's not really a point guard. And no, he's short. He's not. So if it's not a dunk contest, I really can't get too excited about this trade. No. Uh, maybe just save somebody some money somewhere, but yeah, I don't really. Do. I don't want to get into the money of too many of these trades because honestly, the cap space stuff can really get crazy and. It's harder to follow for me. I, I follow the basketball on the court and the cap space and the salary cap and all that. That's on. That's kind of on the team. Um, you want to do the next one? Yeah. In this trade, um, the Knicks get Tracy McGrady and Rodriguez. Yeah, Sergio Rodriguez. Sergio Rodriguez. And the Kings get Carl Landry and Joey Dorsey and from Houston and Larry... Hodges. Huge. Huge. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm having a hard time, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> From the Knicks. And the Rockets get uh, Kevin Martin and Hilton Armstrong. From the Kings for Jordan. No, Ann. I'm sorry. And Jordan Hill and Jared Juries. Jeffries. Jeffries. I'm sorry. From the Knicks. This is fun just listening to you try to. 
that pronounce the names of these people that you don't. I'm sorry, bad NBA players. Yes, they're terrible. Cause I'm like, who's these dudes? Wait a minute. Yeah, a lot of these dudes don't play a lot. Um, T Mac and Sergio Rodriguez to the Knicks. That's about saving money. Um, oh. I don't know exactly how much money it saves, but supposedly they're gonna be able to get or try to get two max players uh, next year, like Dwayne Wade and. LeBron James or something like that. I don't think that's gonna happen. I Me think most either. I think most of these players are gonna stay. Yeah. So the Knicks are probably gonna end up either having to spend money on players that aren't that good mm-hmm. or they're gonna end up um having a yard sale and just kinda get rid of everything. No, no, you can't they've already gotten rid of everything. They don't have wow. anything left to get rid of. Um they at this rate if they get two max contracts, they can't re sign pretty much any of the players they have on their roster right now. Wow. So it's going to be a weird offseason for them, but it is. they pretty much got T-Mac just so they can say, uh, we, we're saving a lot of money this summer. I don't know. I don't like that move um, as far as for basketball. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, for the salary cap, I'm sure it's a great move, but, you know, on the court, T-Mac might have a couple good games, a few good games, but... He's not planning on staying there, so that's not really going to change the team long term. No. And they're not looking at the playoffs. Um, Carl Landry and Joey Dorsey um, and Larry Hughes go to the Kings. I don't get that. I don't know. I like Carl Landry a little bit. I'm not that sold on him. Joey Dorsey, I, I don't. I mean, I don't even know how much he was playing. It just seems like a weird move because they already had the all these contracts must be expiring or something. Oh yeah. Because they already had uh Kevin Martin who's better than every player I've named so far with the exception of possibly T Mac when T Mac's healthy and in his prime. Um the Rockets looks like they got Kevin Martin, so the Rockets clearly won out on this. And they got Jordan Hill, um, who I I think wasn't getting enough playing time in the for the Knicks, so He's going to be a pretty good player, in my opinion, just from what I saw from him in Arizona. So I'm actually looking forward to what they do with Jordan Hill and um, Kevin Martin. I think the Rockets got better. Unfortunately, they had to take Jared Jeffries and his contract, but mm-hmm. uh, I'd be willing to do that for, um, you know, to have Kevin Martin on my team, who's a, a guy that can score. Um, let's see, Kings. This is a not inconsequential play. Yeah. Dominique McGuire for a prote- protected 2010 second round pick. From the Kings, yeah. Yeah, that's got to be uh, some kind of salary cap move. I'm not even going to discuss yeah. that. Uh, Theo Ratliff going to the Bobcats. Yes. Um, Which is a who, great move. Yeah, he's 36. Um, so he's not the youngest dude. But he's only here because all of our centers are hurt. Tyson Chandler's hurt. And Nazi Muhammad has a back injury. So, Theo Ratliff is actually here just to be that old man at the court that fouls all the young boys when they drive to the goal and <laughs> do all the old man stuff, you know. I'm going to teach y'all young boys how we used to play back in the day. Yeah, he's that dude that, uh, he's only there as a last line of defense. He's not actually there to do much. Um, but it's better than, I guess, uh... Whatever we had there before, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we gave up a 2016 second round pick. I didn't know you could get picked out that far into the future. What is it, 2010? Last yeah. time I checked. So six years from now. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that should be legal. Yeah, I don't get that. Me either. But whatever. 
Um, the Bulls and the Bobcats made a trade. Yep, for Flip. Yep, Bulls got Flip, AC Law, and a future first-round draft pick from Charlotte. And the terms of the draft pick haven't been disclosed, but I'm assuming it's some kind of like lottery protection or something. Yeah, or, it got to fall within a certain range. Yeah. Uh, probably the top five or something like that. Y'all can't get it, but if it falls underneath a certain range, then we'll do it. Yeah, typically the longer you're willing to wait, the lower the pick goes. So, like the first year, you can't get the pick unless it's uh, outside of, say, the top 15 or some shit. Then the next year, you can't get it unless it's out of the top 10. Okay. Then eventually it goes to where, like, hey, even if it's the number one pick, you get to take the pick. So, ah. um, but we got Tyrus Thomas out of the yes, deal. Yes, who has been beasting. Yeah, he's, I mean, he looks kind of like a sometime nigga, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you get the block, sometimes you watch the dude lay it up, sometimes you get the rebound, but he looks inspired here. Uh, yes, he does. Yeah, Larry Brown's good at reaching trouble players, like Steven Jackson, yeah. Rasheed Wallace. Uh, yeah. And hopefully he can do that with Tyrus Thomas, who's not trouble like he's a thug, but he's mm-hmm. trouble like he wasn't really excited about playing for the Bulls and he lost his job to injury so he was really down on uh, the entire organization so hopefully he'll come here and he'll play good and help us make the playoffs so that uh, Miss Music Lover and Smooth as Silk and my boy John and my girl Deidre can pay me my bets nigga you thought I forgot have my money when the playoffs start I want my dinner and I want my ten dollars Anyway, <laughs> so you taking that kind of person over there, brother? Yeah, they are gonna owe me. Uh, Jazz and the Grizzlies made a trade. Ronnie Brewer went to uh, the Grizzlies for a future first round pick from Memphis. I really like Ronnie Brewer, um, but the Jazz have like three or four shooting guards on that team, uh, like Wesley Matthews, Kyle Korver, C.J. Miles. They just didn't have enough minutes for dude, and they were able to get a first-round pick, and the the Grizzlies needed him. It's kind of fucked up because Allen Iverson could have been what Ronnie Brewer is going to do for this team. Yeah. Come off the bench, get some points, except he would have been a guy who would have got a lot more respect and a shot at redemption from the media for just coming in and, you know, performing. That's true. Um Man, this trade is the wow, weirdest. Wow, the Bucks and the 76ers. I didn't even know this trade was made. Um, <laughs> the Bucks get Primo Brzezik, who used to play for the Bobcats a long time ago, and he is some suck. He, he is a big <laughs> so old bag suck. of suck. Royal Alvey with cheese, and the Sixers 2010 second round wow. pick for, let's see, the Sixers get Francisco Elson and Jody Meeks. Yeah. I like Jody Meeks in college, but I don't even know if he was playing for the Bucks. But uh, he's that dude that you know put up like 50 points in the college game last year. And I mean, he's a big time scorer for Kentucky, but I don't know uh, how many minutes he's gonna get. Um, the Sixers already have like AI and Iguodala. Well, I guess that's two AIs, but they got they already got so many guards ahead of him in the rotation. It's, that's a weird trade. Mm, I don't know. Maybe there's some money or something involved. Uh, Bulls and the Bucks. Hakeem Ward and Joe Alexander go to the to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. I like I like Hakeem Ward because he can dunk and he's like really aggressive for a skinny dude. 
Joe Alexander, he's okay. He's a he's not a stiff, but it's, I don't know. Some about his game is kind of weird. But uh, apparently, both of them have expiring contracts, and that's why this trade is being made so the Bulls can get under the salary cap and make a pitch at like Dwayne Wade or LeBron or something. Man, a lot of these teams are doing that, man. Just trying to get under the cap. Uh, it's really gonna be funny if these all these dudes stay in their city. And I think they are. Yeah, maybe Chris Bosh will leave, but I yeah, mean, I can see him leaving. Is he a max player? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Um, and the Bucks get John Salmons, who has I already talked about this last week, but he has the best, second best lazy game in the NBA. Where it just <laughs> does not look like he's trying hard, but you look up and he's you know scored twenty points. Then they get some. There's some weird. Let's see. Bulls 2011 and 2012 second round picks, an option to switch the 2010 first round picks, provided Chicago is between 11 and 30. So wow. know, seems a little complicated. Uh, so basically, the Bucks traded two players that you know that were expiring uh, contract wise to get some future draft picks. And here's a big trade. Break it down. Anton Jameson, Sebastian Telfair from uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. That's who the Cleveland get. Mm-hmm. And the Washington Wizards get Ilgalsis. Mm-hmm. I know the last name. <laughs> you, you good with the ones you heard of? Just, yeah, I heard of you. You, I'm, you might be in trouble. I'm sorry. I never heard of this dude. Emir Prelzik. Yeah. And the 2010 first round draft pick. Uh, from the Cavs and Al Thornton. Yeah, he's uh he used to play for like Florida State in college. And the uh, Clippers get Drew Gooden. All right, what I think, Antoine Jameson, Sebastian Telfair, good pickups for the Cavs. Telfair probably won't play. Antoine is gonna take a while to fit into the rotation because he has to go from a guy who was kind of getting the ball in the paint and seeing the ball alive, shooting when he wanted to and. What not to strictly finish him from outside, which is he's good at, but I don't know that that's his strong suit. And it's going to take a while to get used to that offense where, hey, I only touch the ball when LeBron throws it to me and I'm wide open. That's and true. A lot of people look at superstar players and think, or good players like that, good offensive players, and they think that, hey, if you get this guy a bunch of open shots, he should just kill it all day. Mm-hmm. But everybody's game isn't like that. No, it's so. not. It's an adjustment just catching the ball and shooting. The Wizards got uh, Zadrunas Ilgaskis, and it's looking like he is going to possibly get cut and then have to wait 30 days and then sign back up with the Cavs. Wow. Yeah, um, the Wizards just trying to jump, jump, dump salary at this point, and he's expiring. So they really don't care, and the Wizards don't, aren't trying to make the playoffs. So I'm real glad me and Chris Chen got tickets to see them. Awesome. That's going to be a terrible game. Um, <laughs> Have a good time. Yeah, I never heard of Emir Prelzik. Me either. Um, 2010 first round draft pick from the Cavs is a lot like not having a draft pick. They're going to finish in the finals probably, so you're looking at the 30th or the 31st or the 29th pick or something. Mm. Uh, and they got Al Thornton, who I do like, but a lot of people around the league don't like him. And I probably just haven't seen enough of him to dislike him too, because... I heard the shot selection is terrible. He doesn't pass the ball, but you know the Clippers are like the Raiders of, of the NBA. I can't tell how good a player is on that team because that team's so dysfunctional. Like he could be, he could go somewhere else and play well, but I'll never know because you know that team sucks. 
And the Clippers get Drew Gooden. I don't know what that does for them. Um, I don't know what they want Drew Gooden for. It's They don't really seem to need help there, but whatever. Um, let's see. Knicks get Brian Cardinal. Mm-hmm. T-Wolves get Darko Milicic. And Cash. Cash. My favorite player. Oh. I know Cash. What up, Cash? Oh, Cash was on the bigger room. That's hey, right. Benjamins, whatever um, y'all want to call Can you just trade me some cash? Sign the check to cash, please. Yes. So, uh, the, 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 the Knicks, for some reason, got Brian Cardinal. He must be expiring, too. Looks like they're just collecting expiring contracts or some yes. shit. Yes. Just to get some salary cap room. Um, or maybe the cash is a salary cap room. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Blazers get Marcus Cammy. Clippers get Travis Outlaw, Steve Blake, and... Cash, Cash again, you yeah. know, Cash got traded again. Two times. Man, he's getting traded more than Quentin Richardson. <laughs> um, Cash is moving up. Uh, the Blazers gave Marcus Camby. I like that because they needed a center because Greg Oden has made a tissue paper. And um, <laughs> the other dude they got there um, got hurt too. So they didn't really have a center. So maybe Marcus Camby can help. They were putting the, uh, the old man, Jawan Howard. At center. Yeah. So, I know you, he was on the podcast last year. He used to call him the old man. Because he looked like an old man. He looked like somebody's uncle. They were like, hey, you, you, you look like you can play. Come on out here. Yeah, so, they got Marcus Camby now. So, they sit the old man down. Yeah. Clippers got Travis Outlaw, who's hurt. But I really like Travis Outlaw. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. His jump shot is so sweet. And he gets such good elevation on it. Um, His contract's expired. So, he just got caught up in a bad time where... They can, I think, I think his contract expiring where they can kind of cut him at the end of the season or do a sign and trade like he's a restricted free agent or something. Okay. Um, it's something weird like that. But I like Travis Outlaw. Wish he was playing on my team just because such a such a consistent, like beautiful stroke with his jump shot and such a like um, just a guy that I just I'm always in awe of how well he can shoot the ball and how good his shot selection is. Um, I really think the Blazers um, just have so much young talent, they had to make some trades. And that's true. And I like Steve Blake. Don't know how much he'll play on the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of messed up for him because he was really playing well. But uh, the Blazers just had so many injuries. They ended up playing a lot of point guards. And somebody had to go. And he's probably the cheapest and the oldest or something. And so that's true. He's gone, you know. Um, the last trade, the Wizards get Josh Howard. Drew Gooden, James Singleton, and Quentin Ross. And the Mavericks get Karan Butler, Brendan Haywood, and Deshaun Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Um, Deshaun Stevenson is a weird player. He's not that good, but talks a lot of trash. And he's a dude that got into it with LeBron a couple years ago. And he's a dude that does it. I can't feel my face when he waves his hand <laughs> in his face. Um, just a weird cat. I, I saw a video of him one time online that looked like he was sniffing cocaine. Wow. Yeah, so he was on that Tiger Woods because, you know, he was on that white girl. <laughs> and uh, Karan Butler, I like him a lot. He's a gritty player, tough, really plays good defense. If he can naturally play the three like he should, um, he can be a good player uh, for Dallas. They need toughness. Um, Brendan Haywood, I like him too for this team. Because uh, Eric Dampier was hurt, and they need some rebounding and block shots in the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wizards, they get Josh Howard, who is apparently a fuck-up. 
Um, they actually they actually leaked um, rumors that he missed a game in December because he had a hangover. I don't know if that's true or not. Wow. But it does strike me funny how a lot of teams will, uh, the reporters for the team will actually release stories about players that they wouldn't have released before as soon as you get traded. Oh. Like last year, uh, as soon as Artest signed with the Lakers, it was some reporters reporting about him like running around with no no pants on and arguing with his teammates and just a bunch of shit where you're like, well, how, do, how come this never came yeah, up when he was on the team? That's right. Why didn't y'all report this before? Yeah. And then they get Drew Gooden. Um, I'm not sure if Drew, this second time his name's been brought up, I don't even know what this nigga's playing right now. Because <laughs> he, he said he, he went to the Clippers. Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> he said he went to the Clippers, but now it's showing that he's at uh, the, the Wizards. Wizards. So maybe Damn, I don't know dog, how many on. moves you make. You got a lot of tickets. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have no idea what team this dude is playing for right now. So I don't know, that might change. If he's playing for the Wizards, <laughs> then for them, I guess that's another scrub. Me and Ch- Chris Chen will be watching them. Um, in March. <laughs> All right, that's enough of the NBA. All the white people should be gone by now. But in case they're not, let's keep on keeping it black, dog. Let's talk black about some more blackness. Um, the attitude of the American worker. I was thinking about this when I was at work the other day. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about your job. And we are just mm-hmm. talking. Like, Americans just, we like to say that we're the hardest workers and all this shit. But in general, man, we all have this, like, if you listen to our music, like, we have this undercurrent in all of our songs of, like, hey, um, you don't tell me what to do. I'm smarter than you. Bosses are dumb. They don't know anything about uh, work. So shut the hell up and let me just do what the hell I want to do. So I, I think that's kind of funny. Um, but, <laughs> they, like... You know, there's all, there's all that, like, you know, working all day for the man. You know, and, and like, take this job and shove it. Working nine to five. Yeah, like, there's such a, like, culture of anti-boss. And then you wonder why customer service at Walmart is fucked up. Terrible. Or, you know, you wonder why you, you know, you can't call Dale and get an uh, American person on the phone again. line. It's probably like, fuck you, boss. I'm, I'm playing Tetris, you know. <laughs> Yes, so he go over there to India in the accent so think you can't understand. I am calling from there. Can I help you? Yeah, that's that's a hate the boss, don't like to be told what to do. Like that, those are terrible yeah. traits in the employee. And it's the sad part about it is that you want your boss money, but you don't want to stay no 45, 50, 60 hours a week without no time and a half. I mean, come on now, it don't work like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't like it. I think it's kind of um, I don't know. I think it's kind of whack. Uh, Let's see what else. Um, Tiger Woods came out and announced that uh, he was uh, on that white girl, but actually on a bunch of white girls. Oh, yeah. And uh, he came out and did his press conference and apologized to everybody. Oh. And, um, you, you saw it. Everybody yeah. saw it. It's all people talk about it. They have broken down that tape more than the Kennedy assassination <laughs> in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the way they talked about it, man, you thought he committed a murder. You're like, yo, come on now. Yeah, they're looking at his mom's body language, um, looking at his body language, his emotions. Some people want him to cry. Some people don't. Um, I really think by the nature, his, by just even apologizing at all, he helped people or he enabled people to be able to pass judgment on him. Mm-hmm. Like if he wouldn't have said shit, 
except, hey man, I'll be back in uh, June. Showed up on the golf course and didn't bring up a word of it again. I think he would have been better off. Um, maybe even just do like a personal apology to the kids of his organization in private, not even in public. Yeah. But he did apologize, so everyone's breaking it down, and it's just kind of lame, you know. Like I didn't want to, like some people call him a robot, you know. I was listening to Atypical Sports podcast, and they were saying that um, Doug was on there saying that he's a robot or whatever. And he is a robot. I, I mean, every time he's been in, in the uh, public eye, he's never, you know, he's always kind of acted. And he's not an emotional person. Like yeah. the only time you get to see him break down and cry with it. Um, tournament he won um, from when his after dad passed, yeah. and I think he hugged his caddy and yeah, started crying. And I think the one where he won when his leg was messed up or something like that. And that, that was about it for me. Yeah. And, and my thing is this, and maybe I just talked about this. He don't owe me anything. He didn't cheat on me. I'm not married to him. Um, that's between him and his wife. I mean, it's, I mean, it gets to the point where it's ridiculous. I mean, they stalking his wife and following his kids. I didn't even realize they publicly told where his little girl went to school. I mean, come on. And, and that's one thing that to an extent upsets me about to the media. That's why they have to have the laws because if you don't, somebody mess around and, 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 uh, harass his kid at school or, or anything because you're making this public information. His little girl ain't got nothing to do with this. Yeah. And the media thinks nothing's off limits. So. No. You know, if and and I don't know, they say he didn't say what kind of rehab he was in. He said therapy, but um, <clears throat> if it's sex rehab, if it's drug rehab, whatever it is, I mean, it's kind of his business. That's you know? right. Um, and I don't really buy the whole like anger from all these people. I really just think there's a lot of envy and a lot of resentment towards his dominance of his game. That's right. His and stature in America, his and money. That's right. And these dudes are just tripping because they finally. You know, broke-ass Jim Bob has finally got a chance to pass judgment on Tiger Woods and say, in this one area of life, I am better than him, so I want to talk shit about him. And I don't like that because that's my job. That's why I got this podcast. <laughs> to talk shit about everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm better than you. You don't get to be better than other people. And you do it very well, baby. Um, did you hear about Evander Holyfield is going on Dr. Phil? Yeah, him and his wife, right? Yeah, yeah. Did, did he already go? Or? I, I don't think he has. At least if he has, I hadn't seen it yet. But I will be watching for the episode. They were saying that he's supposed to be uh, going on the show with his wife because they're supposed to be uh, getting their marriage back together. Uh, I guess, quote-unquote, Dr. Field is supposed to be coaching them through the process. Uh, it's going to be interesting. No, I haven't heard or seen anything about it, but believe you me, I will be uh, DVR in that episode. That ought to be a classic one. Yeah, supposedly he um, hit his wife or something. And yeah. that's why they're going on there. That's the report, yeah, because she wants some money and apparently he don't want to pay. So he said. Well, he don't got no money. He got 37 kids. He don't have money to pay her and all those kids. Baby, I'm working out with you. Don't need me. Yeah, cheaper to keep her, I guess. But uh, I don't know. Dr. Phil going to be, you know, giving some of that tough southern advice. Oh, yeah. To. to Holyfield, I, I, don't, I can't wait to hear what that sounds like. Say that again. You know, you always got those weird-ass sayings, and, you know. <laughs> you can put a pig on a tomato, but it don't make it a pizza, and all that shit. And <laughs> you're supposed to just be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the woman is right, sense. and I'm wrong. You're right, Dr. Phil. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of his. But Me either, but I'm watching that episode. Though. It sucks that Holyfield been reduced to that. Say that again. So. 
Um, white friend of the week this week is Travis. What's up, Travis? Yeah, what up, dog? Up in New York. Home of the big city and the bright lights and all that shit. Yeah. Um, he's the white friend of the week because he understood my joke to the This American Life joke. When I was like, I'm Ira Glass. This episode of This American Life. This African American Life. Yeah, like, he got that joke. Nobody else listened to that podcast but me and Travis. Um, so, they're probably going to be going out of business soon. Oh. Um, I donated, though. I did my part. Didn't give anything to Haiti, but I did give it to This American Life. So, America won, Haiti zero. Um, alright. We keep it tallies now. I feel like, I feel like internet search engines have made people into assholes. It's definitely done it to me. <laughs> Like, when people ask me questions over email that I know you can just search Google and find the answer to, I start feeling like, why didn't you just search that shit? Yeah. Now I got to do the search work. Yes. Yeah. I'm not willing to do that a lot of times. Yeah. I think Franklin does it because it makes him feel smart, but I'm not willing to do it because I don't really give a damn. Yeah, it's not that important. If you ask me something like, hey, man, uh, what percentage of black people did become unemployed? compared to white people. I, I'm like, look that shit up. Google, man. <laughs> like, I don't walk around yes, knowing Google, that shit. Yes, Google is a verb, and it can do a whole lot for you if you use it. Yeah, I'm not your damn search engine, man. But, uh, yeah, it definitely have changed me to, uh, changed me into an asshole. Um, here's some, uh, news stories. Um, did you know that Homeland Security officers have lost 243 guns in the past. Damn. <laughs> like the past year. <laughs> <laughs> more people didn't know my floor. What's going yeah, on here? Safe as hell. Guns everywhere. Yes. Oh, baby, what, what, uh, what, where did this uh, gun come from in my lingerie? Um, you trying to tell me something? Yeah, they're just leaving guns. Here, here's some of the article. Nearly 180 Department of Homeland Security weapons were lost. Some falling into the hands of criminals after officers left them in restrooms, vehicles, and other public places, according to an Inspector General report. Wow. Yeah, so they're like, I got shit. Oh, let me just take my gun off. Sit it down real quick. Oh, where's my gun? <laughs> so they, <laughs> Why they in the Waffle House, they remember the gun was, was 10 miles down the road. Yeah, and I guess criminals are using them. The officers with Customs and Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement did not always sufficiently safeguard their firearms, and as a result lost a significant number of firearms between the fiscal year 2006 and the fiscal year 2008, the report said. In all, 243 firearms were lost in both agencies during that period. According to a January report from Inspector General Richard Skinner, Skinner! <laughs> of those, 36 were lost because of circumstances beyond officers' control. For instance, ICE lost a firearm during that assault on an officer. Another 28 were lost, even though officers had stored them in their lunch box, lock boxes or safes. I'm gonna say lunch boxes. <laughs> Shit, the way they lose their weapons, they could put it in a lunch box. <laughs> so the like, put this hey. in my Optimus Prime lunch box. <laughs> no. Nothing to be. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich, no. And one of them lost a firearm during the assault. I wonder if that was like Jack Bauer kicking the gun out of his hand. <laughs> Probably was. But <laughs> with a knife. But 74% or 179 guns were lost because officers did not properly secure them, the report said. So they basically just said, let me sit my gun down so I can go play this basketball game. And then they came back and was like, hey, where's my gun? 
It is. Yeah, so, and apparently they don't have specific <coughs> procedures or policies in place regarding firearms. Wow! <laughs> what the fuck? Are you fuck? serious? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Wow! You don't mean to security. tell me that y'all got guns and y'all use real bullets that can kill somebody and y'all don't have proper procedures in place to keep track. You don't have tracking on these weapons. I mean, none yeah. of this. I mean, no, you're not the police officers, but at the same time, you got weapons. What is it like? Take your gun to work day and just fucking leave it wherever you want? Like, that makes no sense that they don't no. have procedures. I mean, at my job, we have procedures for, like, taking shit out of the copy room. And hey, these fools walking around with guns, and they're just like... I know. We, we have we have procedures for uh, getting the paper out of the uh, copy machine. You know, twist this, turn this, shut this door, and... You mean to tell me the most I can get from that is a paper cut? You can kill somebody. The inspector general cited several in examples of inappropriate practices. A customs office for, officer, for instance, left a firearm in an idling vehicle in the parking lot of a convenience store. The vehicle was stolen while the officer was inside. A local law enforcement officer later recovered the firearm from a suspected gang member and a drug smuggler. So, wow. was, was that like a, a to-go robbery device? Or it's just like, here's a gun in a running car. <laughs> Head on to the bank. I'll meet you at six. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> wow. Oh, that's the number one news. They tell the white people on the news. Don't keep your car running. Don't, you know, take your kids out. I mean, come on now. Yeah, you just know all these people were white. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just do not treat firearms this. They let a brother have a gun in his job. You know he gonna take care of it. Because... They don't even let us have, like, pencils and shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know sharp scissors. In addition, an ICE officer left an M4 rifle and a shotgun unsecured in a closet at his home. Both weapons were stolen in a burglary and later recovered from a felon, according to the report. Another officer left his firearm in the restroom of a fast food restaurant, restaurant and it was gone when he returned. Wow. He left it at the McDonald's. Come on, dog. Yeah. <laughs> the Taco Bell. Oh wait! You, <laughs> although our review focused on CBP and ICE, other components describe similar incidents. For example, a TSA officer left a firearm in a lunchbox on the front seat of an unlocked vehicle. So that lunchbox <laughs> joke, they actually did leave one in the lunchbox. Wow! Wow! Poor like, Billy got to school and was mad because he had no sandwich. He got a gun instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I took my kid's gun to school and he, he got my sandwich. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mommy, I wanted a Snicker bar. Yeah, I was gonna kill everybody at Columbine today, and Daddy took my lunchbox. You know they got a zero tolerance policy, man. Get that kid kicked out of school. Wow, that's crazy. Yes, that um, is. I took uh, CPR lessons at the Y uh, Saturday, so I know how to save lives. Yeah. But um, I'm so immature. When they were showing the videos <laughs> training us, I laughed out loud a couple of times. And they should, first of all. I know, ain't that corny? We're supposed to be learning how to save lives. They should fire people on the spot for laughing. It's not a laughing matter. <laughs> if, if, I, if I said I'm going to train you how to use a handgun, and then in the handgun... Uh, training, you can't control yourself and start laughing. Get out! You don't <laughs> you get to be go. a police officer, sir. You, you, this is not you a fucking hand, joke. You can't handle this. Yeah, but I laughed at a couple of the first aid videos because they had those corny, um, you know, where like you know something's gonna happen where a guy's like, yeah. I'm gonna climb up this ladder without anybody holding it. 
Hope nothing happens. Oh, I got to reach over to the side. Oh, no. I broke my knee. And then uh, the one I actually laughed at was probably the least funniest, but I couldn't take it anymore. I, I had covered my face up with my T-shirt so people couldn't see I'm laughing. And the one I laughed at the loudest was this dude who was like uh, in the break room pouring himself some coffee. And this other dude walked in. And he's like, Hey, Jim, what's up? And he turned around like, hey, Bob, you get there. Oh, and burned himself with the coffee all of his arms. Oh, that sounds like normal work experience yeah, right now. I don't know why I laughed so hard. It was not funny at all. Uh-oh. Oh, could people do do that in real life? Because uh, talking about work, I almost set a fire at my job. This is why they got pauses and procedures. <laughs> you know how you have, like, the toaster ovens? I was reaching up underneath it, and I had a paper towel, and it was, was down too far. And the metal part caught it and it um busted their flames. I almost, yeah, I almost put everybody. <laughs> you might be on the training video. <laughs> I'm surprised I ain't. Um, they just got me covered in white face. So they trained us. Um, and during all the training, I, it was so corny. I don't know why I kept coming up with scripts in my head that could try to make the training cooler. Like there's a cool way to save somebody's life. I mean, there's really no cool way no. to do CPR. But it was so corny where... They would like walk up on the person there and be like, check the scene. And then you're like, is everything safe? Check the victim. And you'd tap them on the shoulder and go, are you okay? Are you okay? And then, the Sesame Street version. It they, was. Yeah, they were like, uh, tell everybody to back up. And he's like, back up. Yeah, checking uh, the pulse and stuff like that. It's just so over the top. But yes. There's probably no cool way to do CPR. No. Hopefully I'll never have to do it. Say that again. Um, and then I was wondering also, like, at the Black YMCA, do they treat you, do they teach you, like, gunshot training? Because I played yeah. at the Dowd a couple times, and them niggas got guns. I know. <laughs> so they should, I hope they got different training at the Dowd. Why? Because shit pop off there. I need somebody that can do a tourniquet or something. We didn't <laughs> learn that. Um, so, uh, nah. and uh, yeah, I, I really think the biggest thing was I, I think they should go ahead and fire people on the spot for laughing because there's nothing that's supposed to be funny about how to give someone <laughs> oxygen when they're passing out. Um, more black news. Um, the woman in the Duke lacrosse case, you remember the Duke lacrosse case? Yes. Everybody jumped in the Duke lacrosse boys shit because they seemed to be privileged. They went to Duke. Uh, the lady who was a stripper that accused them of raping her was actually a black woman. Yeah. Uh, and every, even like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharp then came down and Turned out that it was mostly just a corrupt uh, DA who targeted these guys to make like a career case and yeah. get like either reelected or something. Yeah, down in Durham. And the thing about it is that she had charged other people before, so she basically go around just accusing people of raping her. Yeah, she was like the Kobe Bryant, Bryant girl. It's wow. like you know, eight cases of semen in her underwear and the DNA for the lost uh, Jurassic Park island, and they still ended up. Um, they still ended up uh, pursuing that case until, the, you know, they, they couldn't anymore. And I think they even had to fire the DA. Anyway, this woman's oh, yeah. back in the news two days ago. The woman who falsely accused three Duke lacrosse players of rape nearly four years ago has been charged with attempted murder, arson, and other counts after a fight with her boyfriend, the police said. Crystal Mangum, 31, was arrested Wednesdays, Wednesday on charges including assault, the Durham police said in a news release. 
hate when these people do that. He just basically repeated the same fucking sentence. Uh, took out a couple things and added her name. What is that, like a 500-word minimum on this shit? Just take that out. <laughs> anyway, Durham County Jail records indicate that she was also charged with identity theft, communicating threats, damage to property, resisting the officer, and misdemeanor child abuse. The fuck was she doing? Wow, she there was, was a lot of shit going on in this arrest. She was cutting the fool, wasn't she? Y'all ain't taking me. Yeah. Screw my kids. Yeah. I'm killing everybody. <laughs> kids, drink this bleach. I'm gonna beat you. Oh, I tried to kill this nigga. Oh, he's oh. my boyfriend. Oh, look at this. This is my real identity. Like, oh, no, she, let me kick this chair over. Damage like, some property. She was like Sydney from Alias. I know. Trying right? to do a bunch of shit. Um, George ordered that she remain in jail for a one million dollar bond. One million dollars. Wow. This sounds like some trailer trash shit, but a million dollars, that's that ain't no joke. She's gonna be in jail forever. Say that again. She had no lawyer listed Thursday. Yeah, I'm who would wanna try this case, honestly. If I'm a lawyer and I'm a public defender, I'm like, uh, can you pass me on this one? Yeah. Please. Authorities released audio of the nine one one call in which a girl who's said to be Mango's nine year old daughter called for help. <coughs> Excuse me. Police said they found Mangum and her boyfriend, Milton Walker. Wait a minute. What kind of nigga sees this chick and says, I want her to be my girlfriend? Say that again. How much shit? That really proves there's somebody for everybody. It it really is. There's like any one thing on this arrest report would break me up with a woman. and She told the whole house that. Yeah, not to mention lying about rape. I I don't want to go to bed every night with the kind of chick that likes to lie about rape. You don't know what kind of shit you're going to wake up and find yourself in. So, oh, wow, that's amazing. Wow. Um, He must be the simp of the year. He's he's, (laughs) he's really trying to win the simp of the year award. I got to make a note of Milton Walker. Um... Anyway, Mangum then went into the bathroom, set some clothes on fire in the bathtub, like tea bars or whatever, left eye, which she did on her eyes. Yeah, trying to burn the house down. Yeah, burn the damn house out. Single story duplex had, had what is a duplex? That's like two people living in the same house? Mm-hmm. Okay. Single story duplex had heavy smoke damage, but no one was hurt. That, this is terrible. Three children were in the home? Uh, enough of this bitch. <laughs> Jesse, I guarantee Jesse Jackson will not be showing up for that. Um, he better not. Let's continue the blackness. New leader vows she'll bring a new generation to the NAACP. So the NAACP, basically, they just got their youngest uh, leader ever. Yeah, that dude retired. Yeah, yeah. Julian uh, Bond. Um, let's see. Rosalind Brock, a healthcare executive and former NAACP vice chair, was selected to fill the seat left by Julian Bond, a civil rights leader, who has held the post since 1998. Brock, 44, is the youngest person to ever serve in the position. Um, I think that's kind of good for the NAACP because they are an old-ass organization. Yes, they are. And they really thrive on the whole, like, we were relevant during the civil rights. And um, they kind of lost their their place, I think. Yes, they have. And, and it's almost a gap now, you know, because, yeah, they had um, NAACP on our campus. But, you know, most of us didn't sign up for it. They want to be a part. It's like they're not even reaching out to the youth anymore. No. And, um, you know, I'm sure we're about to read some more about this lady. But part of the problem I have with NAACP is the issues they pick are so fucking divisive and so, like, uh, they're just like anecdotal almost, where it's yeah. like this place 
has this kind of language in their housing contract. Like, really? I would rather see you guys talk about things that actual are black problems that aren't always caused by a white person or a person with money. How about just black on black violence? How about um, the prison rate as far as the, the committing of crimes, not the actual, like, why did this guy get incarcerated for five years? How about, why did he do that in the first place, and how can we stop people from, you know, Doing thinking it. they have to do these crimes? Um, I'm just reading the excerpts that I highlighted. Um, and these are things she said. I'm most concerned about the 47 million people in the nation who are uninsured. I would hope that our Congress, working with Obama, with the Obama administration, will recommit themselves to ensure comprehensive and affordable health care for all Americans. And, I mean, I don't know that that's a colored people thing. That's, yeah, that's a sounds like everybody issue. thing. That sounds like, well, black people really need, you know, this or whatever. Uh, the sit-ins and marches demanding racial equality decades ago have been replaced with social tussles disproportionately affecting non-white communities, she said. Such issues include unemployment, foreclosures, incarceration rates, and Brock will have to address the, those in moving the, AC, the NAACP forward, Mary said. So, um, yeah, I get that. I do agree that those are major things, but I want to see them attack the causes of those yeah. things, not necessarily just say white people fucked up. How can we get some money out of this? Why, why not be like... You know, how can we get more people in college? How can we get intervene yeah. in black lives? And I, maybe because there's no money in that, but how can and that's we? What it is. It's no money because a lot of these organizations have got so big to that. I look, if you ain't trying to pay us, we're not trying to get involved. Well, years ago when they did it, they did it for free. Do you, do you think they was um, doing sit-ins and all that stuff because they got paid for it? Right. And there was, a, I mean, honestly, that back then there was a more universal, unified cause, like unified cause where. If all white people are, or all the government is segregating black people, it gives everyone a, 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 a enemy that we can all unite against. Even some white people, just people in general, like yeah. I like that's wrong. That's wrong. But now with you know class variance within the black community, political ideologies in the black community, political ap apathy in the black community, you have a lot of problems that don't really face all black people. That's true. So when you tell me. The incarceration is, rate is fucked up. I think to myself, like, well, I'm not the dude that commits a crime. Say that again. You know, I come home to my wife every night. I, you know, stay away from niggas with guns and drugs and shit. Say that so, again. does that really move my meter? Mm -mm. You know, I'm not going to be the one that's walking around afraid or whatever. So, they need to find causes that unify everybody. And I think you might be able to unify the community better by saying... How can we step in and intervene in young black lives? Because, you know, when, when Bill Cosby was fussing them at them about, you know, kids wearing the pants low and all that shit, what they really missed was he was fussing at the NAACP for being like bougie and trying to be separate. And there's this culture in the black community where just because you got yours, you sit down and judge everybody yeah. that don't have theirs. Yeah. So you, you know, you act like there's no situation you can understand where yeah. a and dude might and that's steal very, or deal drugs. And that's very unrealistic when a lot of them came from poverty, a lot of their parents sacrificed, a lot of them got, got grants and scholarships, and a lot of them went to HBCUs and things like that. But it's amazing how once you think you got yours, all of a sudden you don't understand affirmative action. You know, all of a sudden you don't understand why all these things 
things I, I said in place. Well, not necessarily affirmative action. They're probably on board with that. But um, I just think little things like uh, they try to become as judgmental of black other black people as okay. where if it was someone else saying those same things, they'd be like, oh, this person is racist. This organization is racist. But if the NAACP chooses not to associate with a certain type of black person or... Um, they choose to nitpick which ones they will deal with. That they don't cover that as, hey, this is fucked up too. It's more like, hey, we're the NAACP, we gotta get out of race free card. Um, at the time, there was talk about whether the organization was still relevant in what some observers called a post-racial United States. Post-racial is probably one of the weirdest terms because. It's post-racial depending on what issue and what person is talking. That's true. So if you want to say because Obama got elected, it's post-racial, then you give me a break. It's, there's still shit going on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are some things that aren't, you know, just a general society. We're not as racist as far as overt racism where it's That's like, true. you know, uh, you know, it used to be a time where, you know, you could just have a black person as a slave. Let's not compare that to now and say, it's just as racist as then. You know, I hear people say that yeah. sometimes. And I'm just like, you're saying that because you have no concept of history. And that's it, true. Shit might be fucked up, but it's fucked up more in a, I think that lady clutched her person to elevate away than a, I think that dude is going to cut my eyes out from looking at his wife way. And that's true. Totally different. Um. Anyway, um. If the NAACP ceased to exist tomorrow, would it have a significant effect on black America? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I really don't think so. My life. I'm sorry. I don't even know if I've ever met a person in the NAACP. I, I haven't. I'm being, I'm being honest. Honest, and, yeah. You know, Ain't nobody ever came with, say, hey, I'm from the NAACP. You know, we trying yeah. to reach you. Or we trying to... I don't think I saw him in high school. I don't think I saw him in college. I went to HBCU. Yeah, and I heard about him, but you know. I don't think I've ever seen one like outreach to black people. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear about the NAACP, it's, you know, take the flag down to South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to stand up for something, stand up for something that's going to really affect people. Don't do easy stuff that really don't take no effort, honestly. One of the last things I remember hearing about the NAACP was the guy in Philly who was the head of the NAACP chapter in Philly writing a article dissing Donald McNabb as a sellout and applauding uh, Terrell Owens. Like, this, what the, don't you have some racism in this fight? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Somewhere getting, somebody, somewhere somebody getting mistreated. Come on what now. What kind of internet message board shit are you doing, man? Um, we have, for the first time, a black man who can open the doors to Air Force One. <laughs> what? Well, what is that sentence? Yeah. Mean? Open the doors to Air Force One. How does that mean? And y'all gonna hop on the plane with him? This first of all, Obama <laughs> is not your nigga. He is not a dude. He is not just because he's a cool ass president doesn't mean he would hang out with us and shit. Say he that was, again. He ran one of he the got most stuff to do. He ran one of the most non-racial campaigns ever. Uh, yes, he skirted away from every racial issue except for when he used a few pulpits to actually admonish black people. Uh, in front of America and be like, y'all need to be better fathers and all this shit. So let's not act like he's he can't wait to help the NAACP. He's, he didn't have a list where he's like, oh, solve health care, get jobs, uh, take away the, uh, you know, let gay people in the military. Oh, 
Hook up the NAACP. Get right on that. Yeah, yeah. Let me help them out. I don't think that's on this list of shit to do. Plus, they supported Hillary Clinton over him. If I if I remember the primary correctly, so that's bullshit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um. She was like, Bond told CNN in July, referring to a decision by. Oh, she says, but we now know his children couldn't go to a pool in Philadelphia. Now that's the bullshit I'm talking about. Um. Bond told CNN in July, referring to a decision by a suburban Philadelphia, Pennsylvania swim club to revoke privileges of a largely minority daycare center last year. I remember that story. The biggest thing about that is that's what the NAACP is into now. Some black kids were kicked out of a pool in Philly. They decide to make that a national issue, bring in, you know, the fucking cavalry and yeah. save the day. There are niggas killing each other in the streets. Say that again. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck if those kids didn't get to swim. I don't mean to be mean. Yes, it's probably wrong. Yes, it's probably racist that those kids didn't get to swim. I mean, maybe they just showed up and the white people assumed they couldn't swim or something. I don't know. But in general, there's no, like, that cannot be a major issue to the NAACP in my opinion. They gotta be at, they have to be attacking things that affect more people than a handful of kids at a fucking pool. That's true. It's, that's embarrassing. But that um, takes work and they don't want to do that. Yeah, it takes more work to say, and you less money. There's no one to sue that's when, true. you know, you stop someone from shooting someone else. So long as this disparity exists, we're not the National Association for the Advancement of One Color Person. We want all color people to advance, he continued. And for us, people come in all colors. Black, brown, yellow, everything. Not white. We want everyone to advance, <laughs> everyone to progress, and until that's true, the NAACP is going to be here. Um, so I guess they're trying to open up their doors to other races, because, you know, maybe membership dues are dwindling. Yeah, black folks ain't supporting no more. Yeah. But here's the one sentence that I do like. Um, it will be important for the NAACP to engage you, says Arthur Michelle Alexander. Um, especially in challenging high incarceration rates of blacks. In 2008, black males were in prison at a rate six and a half times higher than whites, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Now, what I like about that sentence is, hey, you're right. We need to get that shit down. But my question is, what are you going to do? Are you going to just say white people are the problem and then shit won't get done? Or are you going to say, how can we find a way to reach people and keep them out of fucking jail? Yeah, just period, yeah. So, we'll see what happens with that. Um, uh, Let's see, the movies I watched this week, I watched Mongo, which is a foreign movie about uh, Tiller the Hun, or, no, about Genghis Khan. Um, It is dope, kind of sad, dude had a hard life, and just things back in the day were just different, man, like, shit was tough, and the Huns, like, those, the Huns, the Mongols did not play that shit, man, like, they were just straight up looting, killing, stealing type people, and survival of the fittest, you know, so they didn't didn't have very many rules, and they were tough, so, just, it's it's kind of a sad movie, because a lot of things he goes through with his wife and his children, and being in prison, being a slave, but, you know, you know the whole movie he's gonna become Attila the Hun, and, you know, so, even though it kind of seems, at the end, I will say this, at the end, it did seem a little choppy how they just rushed forward from, like, his, him deciding, like, I'm gonna unify the Mongols into this, this army, 
And then just immediately like, okay. And then it happened. Like he got, he had a battle. He won the battle, and then everything was fine and all this shit. I mean, so it was kind of weird the ending, but I really did like the movie. The acting was great. Um, and then I watched Chocolate. You watched a little bit of that yeah, one. Yeah, Chocolate was actually really, really good. Yeah, the fighting choreography was, was off the chain. Um, I think it was might have been choreographed by the same person who did On Rock. Which uh, is a really good movie. Um, I've seen it with you. Yeah, yeah. The tie fighting style with the elbows and the knees. And yeah. A lot of good special effects. A lot of uh, not really special effects, good stunts. One thing about these movies that are that's dope is the stunts are stunts. They're not CGI special no, effects. They real stunts. Yeah, and I, I don't think they use a lot of wires either. Like Dude. they show. Just the outtakes after the movie went oh, off. Oh my goodness! Like when you was watching it and people were falling and like crashing into signs and boards. When they showed the end, they actually had to take people to the hospital. I mean, these people actually hit the ground and were like, "You okay?" They were like bandaging eyes yeah. and bandaging foreheads and people heads. Many people yeah. heads were bleeding. I was like, "Oh!" This one dude falls like four stories. Yeah, hits like a concrete post or some shit on his way down, and it hits the concrete and. Like, he's fucked up, you know, and they just keep filming the movie around that. Like, you can tell they had to stop, put him, put him back, or put someone back over there dressed like him. Yeah. Because they took him to the hospital. Like, it is hardcore, but it comes across on the film where the fighting looks very real and visceral. Yeah. And it's just cool to see that little girl whooping everybody's ass. Oh. Although she did have Hollywood autism, where she was a retard, but she was able to do every kung fu move in the book uh, yeah, without she, thinking about it. And she was really, really scary. Because, like, the main dude at the end, she had him running for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, she was <laughs> She turned into, like, a Terminator at the yeah, end. Yeah, she did. Alright, so, in celebration of Malcolm Xbox Day, I thought I'd have a little surprise. It's time to do my annual White Friends review. Oh, um, yeah. You think they already done, uh, Cut this podcast off. You did keep it pretty black today. I don't know. They might. Did the NBA, we NAACP. I don't think so. I think all my white friends are probably off. And they probably don't listen to this podcast anyway. So let's review them. Oh. <clears throat> Up first is Maddie. Um, or Mr. New England, as he likes to go by sometimes. He's a uh, Red Sox fan. He's from uh, Boston or... New England, wherever the fuck, somewhere up north. <laughs> we still love you, Maddie. But, um, yeah, he, uh, the main things I wrote down about him were gas, because he passes gas <laughs> all the time in public places, and it's embarrassing and always stinks. Um, and self-control. He has no self-control, but that is normally when he's being awesome. And I like awesome Maddie. Um, I give him an A so far. But I know he's going to fuck up this year because he always goes into hibernation every year. And then he comes out and he, he's so awesome again that we normally forget about it. But he had a girlfriend for like the last year or so. And they were just, I think Travis put it best, they created false pillars of dependency. Because they were doing shit like, you know, hey, I, I got to go to work. I'll drive you to work, which is two blocks away, and then pick you up from work. Even though, you know, you could walk or take a bus or drive yourself. I love you, but you are not inconveniencing like that, baby. It's, yeah, it's just weird. I don't be sleeping. Weird shit. I, he probably just freaked her out because he was so... I, like, a little Maddie goes a long way is all I'm saying. Okay. I don't need... I don't need to see Maddie every day. I, I like once or twice a week Maddie. Yeah, Maddie's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Plus, he does weird shit like after they leave the bar a lot of times, Patty will just run away from everybody for no reason <laughs> and go home. Like, sprint run. Not like he'll leave you at the bar. He'll just walk out and start sprinting home. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. Wizard punched him in the face one day. Maybe, oh. maybe he deserved it. Um, my man Cross. Um, uh, oh, so Maddie, I would give Maddie. Uh, let's go with the uh, eighty-five out of hundred. Okay. All right. Let's try to keep me reminding me. I'm not. It's not A's and B's. It's numbers. You don't have to write them down. Okay. But just remind me to keep saying numbers. All right, Cross. That's my boy. He got a big TV. He's got a cool girlfriend. Although I did not think me and his girlfriend were gonna um, get along because I made a blog post about Michael Vick and saying that dogs were the problem, not Michael Vick. And he was just getting revenge for all the racism that dogs were a part of in the '60s and the Civil Rights Movement. And she got very upset. Oh, she <laughs> loves she loves animals. Yeah, she was even like, uh, "Aren't you supposed to be?" working again, because, you know, I didn't have a job for a while, and mm-hmm. I was like, ouch. But, um, she's like, I'm supposed to be working again? You got time to write this? And I'm like, okay, whatever. But, we're cool again, apparently. Um, so I guess it's one under, one under the bridge. I hung out with her dogs at their house. Yeah, and, big um, dogs. You know, and that, yeah, they got some big dogs. They got a dog that looks just like the dog from I Am Legend. Yes. And Shepard that dog weighs like a hundred pounds. That is a huge dog. Seriously. I just kept wanting to smother it to death and cry. I was like, okay, whatever you do, don't turn on water hose and I'll be okay. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you walk up in that house, it is like, don't ring the doorbell because those dogs have civil rights flashbacks. Um... But he's a Cowboys fan. He's a hippie. Uh, but he... And actually, I count those as negatives. Negatives. Those are negatives. Yeah, there's no way to count that as positive. Um, he's and good. he is whipped. Um, but he is willingly whipped. So I guess I'll give him that. I mean, I guess as long as you know you're whipped, uh, that's cool. But he's funny as shit. And he always laughs real hard at my jokes. So I'm going to give Cross... Oh, he doesn't come out that much, though, because he's so whipped. Uh, this is hard. I'm going to give him an 82 out of 100. Okay. He's got to step it up if he wants to really. Actually, let's lower it a little more. 77 out of 100. <laughs> he's awesome when he comes out, but he's got to step it up a little more. And his birthday party was awesome, though. We went bowling. Yes, we had a good time. So, all right, I'm moving back up. Back up to 80. What did I say? 82? Mm-hmm. Back up to 82, Cross. But you... You've been warned. Stepped it. Hey, what am I talking about? You ain't listening to this. Um, Christian. <laughs> Christian is actually Asian, but I don't have any other Asian friends. So Me either. Immediately moved into my white friends category. Um, he is a geek and he is ner- pretty nerdy about um, basketball and video games like I am, which is awesome. Yeah. People don't understand. I don't think people. The other people at the table normally don't like us sitting there talking about video games, but I'm the only, he's the only other person I can talk to about video games, because none of those motherfuckers really play them like no, I do. they got them, they collecting dust. Yeah, so, he's, so those are positives, he's a geek for video games, he likes the NBA, um, <clears throat> uh, and he just had a baby, so that's kind of a negative, even though his baby is cool as hell. Oh, yeah. She didn't cry, she hung out with us all night. She was precious. Um, but... That does mean that he can't hang out as much, so that's got to knock him down a little bit. And even though I'm sure other people would grade him much lower, 
because Chris don't really drink, but I don't really drink that much. So I'm gonna give Chin a 97 out of 100. That might be the highest score actually. Huh? Let's go with 97 for Chin. We'll write that down. <coughs> Dave Kilimanjaro lost some weight. Got himself a new girlfriend. Yeah, she's cool. She was really nice and definitely out of his league, if you believe in that. Um, he uh, hurt his knee, though, and keeps hurting his knee over and over. Not surgery-wise, but, like, I don't know. The, the only thing about Dave, and it's been the same since I met him, is whenever he's not on my team and Derek's team, when he's on the other team, he always plays a lot better than he plays with us. Even though we give him the ball uh, just an exorbitant amount of times because we know he can play good. So I'm going to have to knock him down for that. And I'm pretty sure he's hardcore Republican, but he never brings it up, which is awesome. So I'm moving up a little for that. I'm going to give Dave a 93. You know, we, we could hang out a little more. Maybe you should start playing basketball again at the Harris Y. And move up. No, I don't think he will, but it'll move up then. But uh yeah, love me some day. Lazari, um I did not like Lazari at all last year. If I would have done this last year I would probably get him like a fifty. Uh maybe even lower. But now I like him. He's cool. Maybe it's just cause he got a girlfriend. He's like full of like, you know, or he's not oh, as funny. Okay. Not not always you know, he doesn't really get on people that much. Like he doesn't really pick on people. He got into it with Brent a little bit because Brent came and stayed at his place and left like spaghetti sauce stains on the walls and the floor. Kicked his door in, broke his door. Oh. Yeah. So I guess he was just partying and being awesome. You know how they do. And by they, I mean white people. Anyway, um, love, me, love me some Lazar. He also taught me about the uh, UFC a little bit. Came out that night. And um, he has a secret girlfriend that nobody's ever seen. Kind of like uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, <laughs> but I like me some Dave. And he's been less argumentative with me lately. He used to argue with me about the just the weirdest shit, man. Like, was Jake DeLong top 13 quarterback or something, you know? <laughs> just weird top shit. 25. Yeah, and it's like, uh, at the time, he, I thought he was. But obviously now he's not. He sucked since I made that argument. Uh, sucked way harder than he had ever before. So... Um, anyway, I think I'll give Dave an 85. That, don't be, don't be sad about that, Dave. You probably don't listen to this, but you gotta look at it like this, man. You jump 35 points, and you hardly ever come out, hardly ever see you, so, that is a That's good a grade. Good Travis, 100. 100 from my man, Travis. Um, per, oh wait, no, he's in New York. You don't get to see him as often. Yeah. 100 when he's here. Uh, being in New York, I had to knock it down to like 95. Yeah, left us. Let's just average that out to 97 and a half. Cause okay. Travis is one of my favorite white people of all time. Um, he's always talks about movies and yeah, he does. He went through. He's going through a little tough time up in New York right now with some relationship stuff. But I'm gonna have to give him yeah at least. Uh, 97 and a half, which makes him the highest score white person so far. Cool. Chan is second now, but he's Asian, so he's still the highest score Asian. And, and Asians do. love high scores. Yeah, they do. I mean, that is true. I've, I've cheated off them in math tests before, so 
I know. <laughs> um, Andrew, who is Travis's brother, um, never emails. I think it might be something to do with his job. Um, but we listen to the same podcast. He loves movies too. We talk about movies a lot. Yes, he does. So I'm gonna give Andrew a 95 because I can't give him the same scores. I need him to work to feel like Travis is still ahead of him. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to make him feel like it's even or whatever. I want a, a couple more points, Andrew. Don't give up, man. You come out a little bit more. I know you're going. You're going through some hard shit with job and work hours and stuff. So. You come out a little bit more, hang out, and we'll, we'll see about pumping you up. Maybe get up there with Travis. Maybe you will. Withers, man. Ah! I don't know. Oh, I don't Withers, know Withers tells the best stories, though. He is an endearing, uh, like, racist or something. Like, he's he does the most... If, Withers is the one friend that if I had to explain... To people, the shit that he does, they would, they, they would always go. You made that. Why up. are you friends with him? Not that I made it up. They would be like, I, "You made up that y'all are friends." <laughs> if, I, if I was like, "Yeah," this one time he was defending the Confederate flag, and then they'd be like, "So then, why did you? Why are y'all still friends?" I'm like, "Oh, that's a good question." But he's 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 such an endearing. He's like McNulty on the wire. He's just endearing, even though he has all these terrible flaws. He's kind of douchey in his emails or he tells us about his day and nobody asked or um sometimes he's like he's constantly talking about how he's in school and like we get it dude you're in school and oh what well, actually i gotta knock him down even more during the fantasy football he protested a trade between me and travis where i was just making the trade because no one would make a trade with me i traded chris johnson the best running back in the nfl for Marcus Colston. Now, for those saying that's a terrible trade, you're right, it is. I was just upset that that it's that I was just more upset that no one would trade with me and I I was 0 6 with Chris Johnson. I kept losing on the flukiest shit. So I gave up in that league. Um so what's weird about that is Wizards wanted to protest it saying that it made my team better when it didn't. It made my team clearly worse. And I was playing Withers that week, so uh, it was some vast conspiracy against him. I actually had to call him on the phone and be like, dude, that, that's not cool. Don't accuse me of that. Like, I would never do that shit. Uh, like, to spite you. I could give a fuck about you. Like, I'm not planning my fantasy football oh, no. game based on my schedule against Withers. No. So I got to knock him down. I, I don't know where to put him, man. I don't, I don't give him a 70. Cause, and for one, he probably doesn't care. He'll never hear this podcast, so who gives a fuck? All right, um, Coop lost his job. Started listening to hardcore conservative talk radio, so I got to mark him down for that. That that's terrible. What's wrong with you, Coop? You're better than that, Coop. You're better than that. And I think he was believing that shit. But we sat down at a talk one day at Thomas Street Tavern, just me and him, and I think I actually uh, got through to him a little bit. And, you know, I don't know. Or maybe he just felt embarrassed because he's like, I can't believe I believe all this bullshit. Anyway, I give Coop, uh, I, oh, I never see him again anymore since he, uh, you know, has got his girlfriend now. So, actually, I got to move him down to, like, 60. 
Come out more, Coop. I saw you once in a year. Um, sure have. Brandon, I played basketball with him. He got drunk once. Told me, told me and you a very uncomfortable conversation about his black girlfriend <laughs> at Max. <laughs> that, was, that was so uh, awkward, man. That, that was, was hilarious. So he was like, I want you to meet her and <laughs> all this shit. Uh, anyway, uh, Brandon's a hustle man. Doesn't come out to play ball that much anymore. I don't see him a lot, so... I gotta put him down there with Coop and give him like a seventy until. But he's awesome when he came out. Yes. Uh, TJ um, is up on the iPhone. He also jailbroke his iPhone, so he's cool like that. He taught me how to get smiley faces. Cool. He has a hot girlfriend who's like a scientist. Like that's straight out of James Bond. Say that again. That's oxymoron. Yeah. Um, didn't come across like a scientist though. Maybe it's because she's blonde and. There's all those stereotypes that go with blonde women where it's just like, she can't be smart, but she's some kind of scientist. So the one thing against TJ is his knees, man. His knees are terrible. And I think he had to get surgery um, this month, last Tuesday or something. Uh, so knees, that's a negative. Can't play ball that much. Um, but he's cool as shit, man. I like hanging out with TJ. I give him an 85, but we don't hang out enough. Derek... Um, you know, you got the crazy temper. Um, you never, he's kind of moody. You can never tell with Derek. He's either high or low. Um, but he always shoots you straight, which, you know, is one of my yeah, biggest. He does. I appreciate He'll tell you that. the truth. Yeah, Derek will straight up give you the truth. Um, and he's, much like me, he's not afraid to be like, this person is full of shit and they're not my friend anymore. And I like that. I like that honesty. I like knowing where I stand. I, I, and obviously, Derek's my closest friend of all my white friends. So, I got to give Derek 100. So, Fuller. I love me some Fuller. Uh, when he's grumpy, he's uh, hilarious. Yes, he is. Uh, when he's plot, prodding people and making shit, like just fucking with people, he's awesome. He doesn't fuck with me that much. And... I, I mean, I don't know. I hope everybody else is okay with that because I, I, I'm fine with it. I don't like being fucked with my fuck. I've seen them sick on other people. No thank you. So, if he wants to, <laughs> no as you. long as he's nice to me, I've got to put him up there with Derek and give him like a 98 or some shit. Um, he's about to get married and go to Vegas and all this shit. So, that's awesome. Um, Devin, he always gets so mad at these reviews because I used to leave him out. But we weren't that close when I left him out. And then I used to give him low scores because he sometimes he would say the dumbest shit to me. But <laughs> he taught me about the UFC. Um, he, uh, he he's always like down for a good time. He has this epic video on Facebook of him dancing to some song. He's trying to do Michael Jackson moves and shit uh, with no shirt on. So uh, yeah, that's hilarious. The only bad thing about Devin is he tips. Per plate. He tried to give us this email argument of tipping per plate. Like, per I'll tip. Plate? Yeah, I'll tip a girl a lot if she had to bring a lot of plates. But I don't care if I go to Ruth Chris and she only bring one plate, then I ain't tipping that much. She ain't do a lot of work. So, I don't you know about that shit. You the damn cost of the meal? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do the uh, Black Guy with Tips podcast and support that type of no. reckless tipping. So, uh, Devin, I got to move you down a little bit, buddy. A little bit for that one. So, I'm going to say 85, but, you know, I still like you. Um, 
Franklin is a dude that thinks knowledge, he doesn't get the knowledge versus wisdom thing. He thinks if you look something up on Google and you know it, it's that's the same as being wise. And he doesn't, like, he'll make an argument and then defend it by finding some message board or something someone said on the internet, copying and pasting it and putting it in the email. Instead of just coming, like, he couldn't say that to you in real life. He would have to Google it on his, on his phone. So, um, and then the other thing is, like, either if I like Franklin, then there's, like, a guaranteed there's someone else at the table that don't like Franklin. Like, he's cool with me. He's a very polarizing dude, so um, I'm gonna give him a 75. Cause when he's on my side, I like him, but I don't know. Sometimes he's not on my side, and then he's sitting on his Google shit, and you're just like, dude, you didn't even come up with that. Be a person. I'm be a robot. Um, Riggs. Um, he looks like the dude that Snooky brought home on uh, on uh, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. <laughs> and, then, and that dude that threw up with his hands in his yes. He looks a lot like that. Um, and he watches the boondocks and he's just as excited about it coming back as me. I am too. But that always makes for an awkward conversation where it's like, you know, I always feel like, man, just don't say the N-word. Because that's all they say on the boondocks. I'm like, how can you like the boondocks and tell your black friend a joke from the boondocks that don't involve saying nigga? That's true. <laughs> so it's like, it's going to get awkward at some point. And you be like, shh, just, just keep this funny. Yeah. It's like, when you said that was nigga technology, and then I freed, you know, I bristle up a little bit. I'm like, ah, it's okay. Fight through it. But I love me some rigs. He treats Ella. Uh, he always jokes about treating Ella like shit. I don't know if it's true or not. And even doing this weird thing where he hangs out with Andrew, and then uh, Andrew goes home, and then he calls Maddie, and then they hang out without Andrew. So it's like he got some kind of side chick, side friend. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Substitute friend. Yeah, but I give Riggs a uh, ninety. Petey, um, I like Petey. Don't see him enough. He's real supportive on Facebook, but I think it might be because his job is uh, like bartending now, so he wants people to come out and see him. I don't know. Uh, uh, we don't hang out enough. I'll give Petey seventy-five. Ski, I dub Ski uh, the lesbian this year. I say yeah, lesbian face, and it's really stuck. I made a lot of bad, mean lesbian jokes about him, and um, I don't think he likes it. He's, he's whenever he talks about beating people up, he always says I'm gonna be the first one when he snaps. I like to see him try it though. Anyway, um, Sky, but I like Ski. He's funny as hell, and he's he seems to be willing to pee, pee, uh, like joke on himself and shit. So. Um, and he's a Bills fan, so I gotta reward him for that, cause I can't believe he even f keeps following those losers. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, I give Ski, uh, 87 out of 100. Um, Brad, I barely know Brad. I only played ball with him a couple times. You'll get a score next year. Jeremy, um, <laughs> fucking, it depends on which Jeremy. An angry Jeremy that wants to argue all the time and tell me about Republican politics and shit. He's an NC State fan. Uh, yeah, tell me how Carolina sucks and shit. Uh, zero. I know. <laughs> don't hang around me, angry Jeremy. I don't find it entertaining at all. Um, Uncle Jeremy, the supporter, put an arm around you. I'm drunk. Tell you how awesome you are. He's cool. A hundred. A hundred. Um, regular Jeremy or sad, depressed Jeremy. I guess I get them both like 70, so let's give Jeremy 
Overall grade of 88. Okay. Um, like me some Jeremy when he's acting right. Hate me some Jeremy when he's acting ridiculous. Chucky um, likes to bitch. He wants to be in our fantasy football league, but he wants to bitch about how what kind of draft we're going to have. How we're gonna, He wants to change all the rules. No thank you on that shit. Um, but he's good at basketball, and he's funny. He likes the NBA, uh, plays NBA 2K. Uh, but I just met him, so I don't want to move him above my other friends. Uh, he might get scored next year then. Yeah, let's let's wait till next year for Chuggy. I mean, if I had to do it now, I'd probably be somewhere around 78 to 84, somewhere around that. But, you know, shit happens. Let's see what Chuggy does. Um, Lube owns a gun, so I will not be rating him. Oh, no. Because Lube is my boy. He always treats me nice. Yeah. Other people talk shit about him. Other people lube, not me. I ain't got no problem with you. Uh, you are my friend. Yeah, you paid for bowling. I ain't got no problem with you. <laughs> yeah, so, he's always nice to me, but other people have a problem with him, man. That shit, I don't know. Uh, man, Kevin Prusa, who uh, used to be my boss, the Pruce, uh, I had to give him uh, probably about an 80 out of 100, 85 out of 100. Because, I mean, he knows me better than most people because we used to work every day. So he knows when I'm slacking off and I don't want to do shit. And he also knows when, <laughs> when I'm getting shit done and um, whatever. But <clears throat> since we both got let go from our old company, it really actually helped uh, our relationship in a way. Because it's like, man, you don't have to think about being my manager. I don't have to think about being your employee. That's true. We can just hang out and kick it. And we have a lot more in common than we then, then you know, then work. That's so, right. You know, that's my boy. So I would give Kevin a ninety out of hundred, actually. Okay. My man Pat, we don't get to hang out as much. We we came up in the same company together. He's still rapping, um, and he always says he's gonna make me his A and R one day if he gets his own rap label. A and R, what's that? Person that listens to music. He always remembers that I was the first person that he knew. That her her fifty cent was like this dude's gonna be a major rapper. Um, the first time I heard him, and he didn't believe me, so he just was like, man, I don't hear it, I don't hear it, I don't hear it. And then Get Rich or Die Trying came out, and every song was on the radio all day. And he was like, it's like, man, you got a good ear, man. So um, love me some Pat. Also, you know, he loves Sheldon Brown from the Eagles, and I love the Eagles. So yeah, that's his boy. Yeah, I would give him a. Uh, 88 out of 100. We don't hang out enough. And he's always off doing superstar shit, like going to the Grammys. So, And then lastly, the 25th white friend. I have 25 white friends. Wow, I know I'm going down to this like, one, two, three. Yeah. Boy, this list done grown a lot, ain't it, from your first... Eight years ago, it was Derek and maybe Pat. I had two white friends to 25. That's about it. Yeah. So, hey, blame, blame it on Obama, man. Um... And my man Rots is my last white friend. We don't ever get to see him again. But I had to give him props because he won me my fantasy football league, bitches. Uh, championship. Yeah, he traded me Randy Moss and Lawrence Maroney for uh, Marshawn Lynch and Greg Jennings. And oh. Randy Moss took me to the promised land. Yeah, he did. He uh. went off. So, anyway... That's it for this podcast. Signing off. Um, happy Malcolm Xbox Day to everybody listening. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. We got a new Blu-ray and it is dope. Yeah, we got us a Blu-ray player. It goes on the internet. 
It's awesome. Everybody needs to get Blu-ray players. Yeah, you do. Alright, anything else? Nope, that's it. Alright. We out. Love you. Mm, you too. Alright, bye.